Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse, or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team, industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ask the Educator podcast. This is your host, Kevin Anderson, joined uh, with my co-host, Adam Okada. Uh, Adam, thanks for uh, setting this up and working your magic with all these uh, podcasts with me. It's uh, really helpful and great to have you as always. Of course. Happy to be here. All right, man. So this one, this episode, I wanted to get into a little bit of the finer details uh, regarding insulation testing. Uh, You know, people have probably heard, you know, Sharon's presentation and probably read the articles and all this stuff in the Process Magazine. And that's great. And the fact is, this is kind of a, a, I don't want to say a new issue, but there's been a, a spotlight on insulation testing ever since the amendments came out. And we just kind of continue to learn stuff about it. So one of the things that happened recently was I actually posted a very important step that I think is missed very often in insulation testing programs. I posted it on LinkedIn, uh, and that is the testing of bipolar forceps. These are coded forceps. and um, Unfortunately, they just kind of get forgotten about or whatever in the in a typical insulation testing procedure. So that being said, I got an interesting comment from uh, somebody by the name of Rebecca Peplau, and she has been willing to join us on this podcast. So I just wanted to introduce Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Uh, we're going to get right into what it's about, but I just wanted to welcome you first. So. We really appreciate having you. Yeah, thank you for having me back again. Very excited to talk about this one. Yeah. Um, so basically what we did was I I posted that uh, bipolar forceps. And I actually, I, I don't know if you noticed this, Rebecca, and that's why you commented it. But I believe the picture had a Kerwin brand forcep in there. And I actually had the kilovolt setting and all of that stuff was visible on there. And then you had made a comment on it because you had learned something very unique. So I wanted to kind of just set that stage for you and kind of let us know, let the listeners know what it was that you commented and and what led, you know, what led up to that. Yeah. So I saw your post um, about testing the, the bipolar forceps and we've been dealing with um, an issue with some Kerwan three-hole Yazergill style bipolar forceps. And so we are a level one trauma specialty hospital. So we use these a lot in our crany um, or neuro, neuro services. And so we were buying new ones and they were getting tested and then the like the gold, the tips are like a gold. I don't know if they're plated or if they're just colored like that but we noticed that they were kind of flaking or getting cracked or pitted. 
And that also like right where the surgeon would hold the bipolar forcep and like pinch it together, we would have pinhole um, pinholes in the insulation in that spot. And so we're ordering them, sending them out, ordering them, failing, ordering them, they're failing, they're damaged, ordering new ones. We're like, what is going on here? Like what we're following the IFU to a T We've traced them from you point of use to decontam through prep and pack. There's nothing like we're not deviating from the IFU and we're not damaging them. So what is going on? And so um, our quality inventory, uh, quality management coordinator, um, his name is Colby. He is uh, one of the masters of my department as well. He worked with our operating room uh, lead for the neuro service to try to figure out what the heck was going on here. And they reached out to Kerwan uh, Surgical Products or KSP, and they responded back with like a really in-depth email about um, insulation testing these forceps. And it was really interesting because the normal IFU does not state anything about specific um, kilovolts that we have to test at. That email basically, I don't know if you guys want me to read off any of that or not. Um, well, why don't you just give us the like the the main point from the email that kind of surprised you? So one of the main points is basically if you continually test powder coated instruments, including Kerwan's bipolar forceps at 3.5 kilovolts, you will quickly degrade the insulation, burn a hole in it, and the instrument will fail. So basically, they there was also some points of this email where they test. They basically stated that you need to test them at 1.5 kilovolts in the field. The new standard states you must withstand a test at one kilovolts. So basically, for Kerwan's bipolar bipolar forceps, the math comes out to 1.39 kilovolts. A test setting of 1.5 kilovolts will be fine for Kerwan bipolar forceps. Monopolar is 3.5, still normal. So because of this email, basically it's saying you have to test them at 1.5. The insulation testers that we had, um, had a low and a high setting and the low setting was still two point something. So this was the only spot that we were able to identify like, all right, maybe we are burning holes through this, through the instruments and this is what's going on. So that led us to purchase the McGann's because we could dial down or up more specifically. And since then, um, we really haven't been seeing any more issues, especially with the tips. Yeah. And I think that's the real key point is that if we, like, according to the letter from Kerwan, if we're testing at 3.3 to 3.5, which a lot of insulation testers, that's the that's default the def setting. Right. That's what they test at. Then we could be damaging him. Yeah. The, the McGann forcep, I think there's, like, the standard, like, the bipolar attachment. Doesn't it say, like, 4.2 or 3.2? Uh, the, the little key that's on the that comes with the McGann. Yes. Um, yeah. So it has it has a voltage setting that's recommended for bipolar forceps, but again, it doesn't take into consideration specific manufacturers and their IFUs. Right. And that's what's interesting is this IFU doesn't have that voltage setting. It was only after reaching out to the manufacturer after seeing damage that then they responded with a letter, uh, which I find interesting because in this in the industry, that's kind of the standard thing is about 3.3, 3.5. 
And of course, a lot of the bipolars can go at higher, like to 4.0. So very interesting stuff that you found out of this letter. Yeah, it's it was really cool that um, my team was able to to track this down. Um, and it's something there like, I wonder if we're going to keep seeing this trend because, you know, um, the standards were set with the amendments that came out, the 2020 amendments, and there's still plenty of places that aren't doing this. So to finally get something in writing and updated that matches our standards. Like the letter actually addressed joint commission has instructed hospitals on the need to high potential test all electrical, electrical surgical instruments during sterile processing. Like they stated, they acknowledged that our standards had changed. And then they, as a company did their own validation and stuff like that as well. So I think that's awesome. But at the same time, it's not, just like any IFU change, it's not getting back to the public. It's not getting back to the end user. So how do we figure this out, right? No, no, you're right. And um, it, it's interesting because these are really, um, it's a really good brand. It's a really good forcep. It's high demand for surgeons like that you described. Uh, neurosurgeons really love this brand. There's nothing wrong with the instrument. Uh, but it is interesting when you purchase new instruments and you start to see damage so quickly. And, and and then you go and actually do the investigation part to figure out what could have went wrong and you get an answer like that. That is pretty eye-opening and it makes you wonder, you know, like what other instruments are out there that, you know, potentially uh, we could be inadvertently damaging only because in the IFU, it doesn't necessarily specify. And hopefully now that they have seen it and they address that in the email that maybe in their updated version of the IFU, uh, it will have all of that stuff in there. That would be fantastic. But it does beg the question, you know, have you guys had the chance to kind of look into and investigate any more instruments? Have you discovered any others that have similar or have you kind of just not really been able to get into the weeds with other instruments yet or you haven't noticed any problems maybe? We haven't noticed any other problems um, with any other forceps, but I know we use like um, Medtronic bipolar forceps, like the ones from the metrics instrument set. Um, those ones we have as like individuals. So those are like next on my list of like, let's hunt this down and see what's going on. And there's a couple other instruments as far as like laparoscopic instruments, even like, do we need to look at that? as well. So haven't really had a lot of time to dive in, but there I'm, I've made started to make my list of things that we need to check. So, you know, I think what listeners need to take away from this podcast, if anything, is that first of all, if you're seeing a lot of damage with Yasser Gill, Kerwan bipolar forceps, it could be that we're testing them incorrectly or at the wrong voltage, and it's actually damaging the coding to the forcep itself. And that's what's actually causing it. So that's one of the key takeaways. And the other thing is, if you do have insulated instruments, and it doesn't state like a voltage level in the IFU, you may need to reach out to the manufacturer to find out what isn't there. I'm curious how like how many more have actually done these tests. Yeah. And, and the other thing is too, I mean, we have in these insulation testers, but some of them don't, you can't change the settings on them. So we also need to make sure that we have one where you can adjust the settings to what the manufacturers tell you to be at. Um, again, uh, Healthmark does give a little cheat sheet. It comes with the McGann. Uh, that kind of tells you this is the type of instrument and here's the voltage you want to test it on. Uh, that's kind of a general outline, but if the IFUs from the manufacturer are different, then you do have to look those 
look at those and then see what you need to do to fix it. It's interesting because like one of the lines in the email they sent back was sterile processing departments and hospitals are being told to high potential test all electrosurgical instruments, which high potential is insulation test. However, they have not been given guidelines on how this should be done. Powder coated bipolar instruments should be tested at 1.5. Monopolar instruments should be tested at 3.5. An additional problem lies within the insulation testers. The instructions for use on many of these testers do not state the voltages, voltages of their various settings. Some only have one suitable setting for lap instruments, likely 3 to 3.5. Again, if you continually test powder-coated instruments, including Kerwan bipolars at 3.5, you will quickly degrade the insulation, burn a hole in it, and the instrument will fail. So that is interesting because if I recall, we had to pull the IFU for the other ones that we have. Um, I think there was like some hunting we had to do to find out what the low setting was and what the high setting was. Yeah, you bring up a, a really good point there, Rebecca. For a lot of people out there, they do have this equipment. Um, but a lot of these, uh, insulation testers, like you said, they come equipped with a setting either high or low, or just a test button is another one we've seen. And with that, we don't really know what the kilovolts assigned to those, uh, levels are. I know we've done some internal testing. Uh, Johanna Zizi here at Healthmark has done some testing to figure out what those are, but I'm sure it's something that uh, you as a customer could reach out uh, to the manufacturer of the insulation tester and find out exactly how many kilovolts are coming from the low setting or how many are coming from the high setting. But either way, it, it's good to know that. But if you have instruments in your inventory like Kerwin that that require a 1.5 setting, then Unfortunately, you're not going to have the flexibility to set it there uh, with some of those insulation testers that are out there. So that's something that people really need to be aware of as they uh, build their program out. And obviously, no one wants to damage brand new instruments. So this was a really huge find. And that's why I wanted to bring you on, Rebecca. I think... Um, uh, one, it was great that you even piped up on the social media posts, especially given that you knew something very unique. And I'm so glad that you shared it. I'm so glad that you came on the podcast and shared that um, uh, with with our listeners. I think it's so valuable. But one thing I wanted to share uh, with any listener out there that's listening to the story is that one thing, and Rebecca was very good. She gave credit to her team, and that's that's really important as a as a leader uh, in her department. Uh, but they went and they actually contacted the manufacturer to get answers to their questions. Why are these things da getting damaged? And they uh, went that extra mile. And I think a lot of times we stop there. We stop when we have a problem and we're like, oh, man, there's a problem with this manufacturer. Their instruments aren't any good. We need to go and find a different one. And all the while, it was really an issue with the insulation testing procedure and not necessarily anything wrong with the instrument. So uh, kudos to your team. I just wanted to encourage uh, people out there that may run into issues. Don't neglect that little step of trying to reach out to the manufacturer. I know it can be a little bit like intimidating or maybe you don't know who to even reach out to because some companies are rather large uh, or maybe you don't even know who your rep is in the in the area. Make sure people are using that as a step. Sometimes IFUs aren't available, whether it's through one source or or 
or even on the company's website. And we have to be able to communicate and reach out to the manufacturer to get them. So again, I just wanted to thank you, Rebecca. Appreciate uh, you sharing your uh, uh, takeaways with us uh, about this very specific little niche area of insulation testing. It's very important. And uh, wanted to uh, just thank you for helping us get that message out to the masses. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm really excited to see what the future holds with this kind of stuff. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to doing some more research and, and seeing what what's going to come out in the next, you know, in a little bit here. Even though the standards have been out for a couple of years now, I'm just, <laughs> let's see what continues to come out, especially when something like this is being emailed to a user. I'm very curious and excited. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.